This is Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence, your 803 Tea Time every Sunday morning right here on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf is brought to you by Gearheads of Nicholasville, Edwin Watts Golf, Truly Nolan and Critter Control, French Lick Resort Casino, and Lexington Parks and Recreation. Also sponsored by Commonwealth Credit Union, Georgetown Advantage Air, and Maple Leaf Gutter and Siding Systems. Let's join your host, Matthew Lawrence, for Backspin Golf. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Backspin Golf. 803 Tea Time. It's a square country club on Main Street in Lexington. We got to get going because we got a hell of a show today. I have a hell of a show every week. The people that I'm lucky enough to talk to are incredible. This week, uh, Linda Harto, one of the most acclaimed painters, artists, uh, really in the world. And uh, we'll talk about why that is so with her. She's incredible. And wait till you hear what she does in the world of golf. And then uh, a friend of mine for a very long time who is, as I tell him all the time, uh, argue, well, one of the three best sports radio talk show hosts that I know, Adam Gold, from who lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, he's going to explain this 2024 PGA Tour schedule to me because I've looked at it a hundred times. I, I have no idea what's going on. So Adam will tell me. And uh, also my great dear friend, Ryan French, uh, who continues to astound me with the work he's doing in the world of golf. So it's quite a show. So let's get to it. Here we go. Some things in life are every day you just shake your head and go, this is incredible. And a lot of times it doesn't happen to people that you feel like it should happen to. This is not one of those times. I am constantly amazed by Ryan French. And I don't, don't you say anything yet, Ryan, okay? All right. Okay. Because you know how I always start when I'm talking to you. But when we started together a few years ago, I always bring this up. You had 500 followers on Twitter. I just checked again. 150,000 followers on Twitter? Are you kidding me, Ryan French? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a crazy ride. And I say this every time, Matthew. Uh, uh, yeah. Every time. Yeah. There's only one first radio show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah so that's true. And I... We have become friends off the air and uh, I've... <laughs> Very lucky, and I appreciate all your support. Well, clearly, your whole thing is due to me. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, of course. you know, yeah. and whoever doesn't recognize that, I guess the only two who need to recognize it are you and me. <laughs> exactly. uh, anyway, it's as always, it's great. I am, I'm honored to have you join me because 
If there's anybody busier in their life right now, I'm not sure who that is. And I want to touch on a couple of the things with you. Um, and people, he needs more followers. So if you're not following him on Twitter, it's at a case of the golf and then the number one or Monday Q info, which is how this whole thing started because you were the only person covering these incredible Monday qualifiers for different tournaments, PGA and Corn Ferry and all these different. Was it even the Corn Ferry Tour when you started? Uh, no, it was uh, web.com. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's right. So you've been, you know, you've been there through that, that that whole thing too. But here's where I want to start with you. This one of the incredible offshoots of your work is you now have a foundation and through that foundation and the generosity of people from all over. And I mean that all over. You're doing some incredible things, not just to grow the game of golf, but to help uh, underprivileged kids or kids who are in areas that they're not able to get involved in the game of golf. And over the last couple days, there have been, you have put up on Twitter videos and talked about a situation in Nebraska. And I want you to describe for our listeners what happened out there in Nebraska? Because this says it all about that foundation. Yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky to have a bunch of support. Uh, Chris Gallagher helped me start it, um, uh, and um, the Pinnacle Bank Championship in Omaha reached out. They have a PGA Tour Reach program. Uh, they had some girls coming to some schools that are trying to get golf started on the girls' side. Uh, one school was a co-op. They, you know, a bunch of small towns from Nebraska, and one they just don't have any resources. And mm-hmm. so, uh, the tournament reached out and asked if they would split the cost of new clubs for uh, twenty young ladies, uh, so they could start a golf program. And I, I jumped, of course, mm. uh, happy to write a check for six thousand dollars to them to help that, um, and. The girls didn't know they were going to get the club, so they came to uh, the Pinnacle Bank Championship for what they thought was a clinic. Uh, Scott Kucheski and uh, Patrick Welch, a couple of Corn Ferry guys, spoke at the clinic. They got to hit some balls, and then at the end they were told uh, that the clubs were theirs. And so, yeah, it's amazingly rewarding. The PJ Tour reached Nebraska and the Pinnacle Bank were great. They did a lot of it. I'm moving into a new house, so I couldn't make yeah. it down there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's amazingly rewarding. There's, I, I can't describe talking to coaches and people that this affects. And the game is great, and we want more people to be able to play it. And as we all know, those of us that love the game of golf, it's about way more than the actual physical playing of golf, although we want that because it's something you can do for the rest of your life. But the things, the life lessons you learn through the game are what you're trying to get across to these kids. And that's the best part of it for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you know, Matthew, you know, I grew up on a golf course, mm-hmm. learned how to shake hands, 
learned how to talk to people I don't know, um, learned to meet new people, and you just meet a bunch of people on the golf course. The person who might be your future boss you might Mm -hmm. meet on the golf course or whatever. And these are the skills that we want these young men and women to have. Um, You know, hey, we would love for them to be on tour, but we really don't care what they shoot. Uh, We want them to enjoy the game. Uh, Now, speaking of this, excuse me, and this is another great part of this. And you'll dispute this, and I'm not talking about scores here, but you're a pretty good golfer. You've been playing for a very long time, right? Yeah, I mean, I used to, I, I was very, I was good at one time, but I'm okay. Yeah, well, you're better than okay. But anyway, because I've seen videos of you, pal. You and I have still actually never physically met as close as we are, but I've seen videos of you and your swing and some of the shots you hit. Uh, And the Alpina Open, which is your city, that town that you grew up in and where you are now and just bought a new house, which is awesome. Uh, You play in that. I saw what happened over a couple-day period. But more importantly, I want you to tell... Uh, you just did something. You've done it for Mark Baldwin, who's another incredible human that I've met through you. But you just caddied for somebody on the LPGA tour, uh, one of my favorites and a lot of people's favorite, Christina Kim. And you documented the whole thing, and it was fantastic, not only because of you, but because of Christina Kim, can you talk about your caddying experience with her for a couple minutes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've caddied for Mark on the PGA Tour and, yep. uh, and you know, here and there. And Christina and I have had a relationship uh, via Fire Pit where I was prior to this. And uh, she reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to caddy for me? And I was like, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, she's a three-time LPGA winner. Yeah. And uh, she struggled as of late. She does some announcing on the side and those kind of things. And so, yeah, the video will be out eventually. But, I mean, we were mic'd up. It was an amazing experience. She is, for those that don't know Christina, she wears her emotions on her sleeve. She says what she wants. It's so refreshing. She's a wonderful person. And uh, it was a great experience. I I wish we would have played better. We missed the cut by one. Uh, I'm going to do it again here here soon. But it was a it's a wonderful experience. It was great to be out on the LPGA. It was great to know Christina on a on a deeper level. Um, very very lucky to have uh, experiences like this. It was awesome. She a uh, wonderful human. She is a wonderful human, and she to me. And there are a lot of players on the LPGA Tour, uh, and I've been watching a ton of it, um, and as have a lot of people. But she, to me, she has the best personality, I think, of anybody on that tour. And there are other ones that have great personalities. It's not what I'm saying. But her tweets while you guys were practicing leading up to the tournament and what was going on during the tournament was one of the most interesting things that I have been a part of through Twitter that I can remember in a long time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, 
she she loves to tweet and social media, and uh, obviously I do too. And so again, you couldn't ask for a better partner yeah. for the content uh, <laughs> of of what it was. I mean, she was making fun of me, uh, you know, serious, exactly the mix you would want. Like how how I am as a caddy, um, you know, the jokes that we had, the oh. things we talked about. Oh. It was uh, it was. It was awesome. It was a she, great experience. She, I look forward to doing it again. She lets it all rip, boy, I'll tell you, even on Twitter, and it's so fantastic. Um, all right, just a couple more minutes, and then I'll let you go because, as I said, I know how busy you are. By the way, how how is it going? When, when do we move into the house? I'm currently sitting in the backyard. Oh. I, uh, raking. Ah. Uh, it's a wonderful house. The lady who lived here was 94 years old, so not the yard work kind of was uh, not a priority. Yeah, not a priority. So catching up on that, and mm-hmm. as you know, Matt Matthew, uh, moving is it sucks. You know, I mean, I wish there's nothing fun about it. I, I wish I could say, well, maybe I can find it. You put this is what I love about you because your tweets are everything. Here it is. This is. Uh, what you Don't t- read it live. No, well, you know, I'm, I'm not an idiot. Well, I am, but I know what I'm doing, <laughs> Ryan, okay? Here's what it says. It's amazing when moving that you go from, I'm going to pack this truck perfectly, to bleep it, just put it in there. <laughs> and even, I mean, it is, even that made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, it is a perfect, like the first 20 boxes were packed perfectly. Yeah. And then at yep. the end, I'm just, Throwing blankets and whatever up the top It's so great. Um, all right. Before I let you go, I want you to tell people what what you it used to be you were just putting up scores and different things from Monday qualifiers, but you're now involved in other things. Uh, can you talk for a couple minutes about that? In terms of your actual work, yeah. So uh, started my own website, yeah, and um, doing podcasts, videos. Um, what is the website? MondayQ.com. Okay. Mark Baldwin's writing for me. Yep. Uh, it's it's been uh, been very challenging mm-hmm. and very rewarding. I'm super lucky. I write and tweet about golf, and uh, I mean. <laughs> it's hard to complain about that. <laughs> no, we have plenty to complain about, but that's not one of them. Although, uh, and I always say, your work is incredible as you are. Um, it turns out, which I didn't really realize, you're a hell of a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you just I have good editors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. But we all know sometimes editors miss things grammatically. We all know that. True. Yeah, and it's one of the endearing things about you. (laughs) That always makes me laugh, too. All right, uh, will you please give a big hug to your mom and to your incredible wife and children, uh, your whole family. I am blessed to be some small part of your whole family, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Same, same. You're a wonderful friend. appreciate it. And uh, happy to be on. Thanks Uh, for having me. I'll talk to you real soon, pal. See you. Bye-bye. 
Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Commonwealth Credit Union. Welcome back. Uh, as we all know on this show, I am the king of hyperbole. But I always <laughs> bring it up to distinguish that I know I'm that way, but that also doesn't mean that what I'm saying is not true. In 1999, I moved to Durham, North Carolina. It was quite a while ago. And uh, there was a radio host in North Carolina. His name was, and still is, Adam Gold. And I will say this unabashedly and without reservation. One of the three, and I don't know who the other two are, best radio sports talk show hosts, not only in America, in the world probably, because who knows what goes on in the rest of the world. And Adam and I got very friendly. We had what we both still consider maybe the best day on a golf course that we have had. Uh, And it is just an incredible honor for me to, to have Adam on Backspin Golf. I'm not done yet. Pipe down. Okay. Uh, to have Adam join me on Backspin Golf. Hello, Adam Gold. Hello. You you read that just like I wrote it. Thank you. I'm good. Well, I was an actor. I'm good at studying lines. Uh, but here's the thing. Next time, send it to me more than like 10 minutes uh, before we go on the air. Because uh, I, I actually wrote it when, wrote it as I drove, yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to explain to my fourteen year old who's that. I'm like, well, you never, you're too young. You didn't see Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> so you don't know. Never mind. Uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. You'll watch it one day. Yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> um, and Adam is speaking of his son Jack, who is an elite goalkeeper mm. now. Yeah. Uh, maybe I mean, he will right. be. You know, maybe he's all right. Maybe he will be. Right. Any, anyway, uh, it's so hey, great. Real Madrid might need him. Oh, boy. I ha- oh, I hate that. I know we're in yeah. a golf show, but you and I have to be careful because we will slide immediately yep. into yep. world-class football, as we call it. But we're not exactly. doing it. I, no, we're not doing that. I am, you are here with me today for many reasons. But the main one is because I respect you, and again, this is the truth, as much as anybody with mm. almost every sport that you talk about. I don't think I've ever right. disagreed with something you said. Seriously, I really don't. Now, that may mean we're both idiots or we're both really good at, at what we do. So, Maybe. I need you to explain to me what the hell this 2024 schedule for the PGA Tour is i know it's a simple question what the hell is that all about can you explain okay it to well me? What, what the is the issue the the eight elevated events with um no cut for five of them and um a 36 hole cut for the essentially the the tiger arnie jack. and jack tournaments right. i that's that is what the PGA Tour unfortunately has had to do to respond to the you know monopoly money that's been throwing or been thrown around by Live Golf. Mm-hmm. 
where they had to figure out a way to get all the best players in the world together more often uh, to, you know, basically play to sponsors. Sponsors want to see the best players in the world. Right. Um, I think the best part about the schedule starting this upcoming year is that it's all in one calendar year. It's, right. it's not the 23, 24 season. It's the 24 season. Right. And it's more condensed and you can't, there, there aren't 12, you know, nine, whatever, eight or nine events between September and December. Oh, now hold it. I'm going to stop you right there because those fall events, I loved those. Be, and I'll tell you why, because right away, like the first one in September, I knew exactly who was leading the FedEx cup. That that is my that favorite. That that was it for me. Like yeah. after eight holes, they would put up who was leading in the FedEx Cup. Yeah. That Perfect. is, you know, in August for God's sake. Right. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Those events will still matter. They're going to still have those events. Yeah, but, uh, but they will be to you know change your priority uh, for tournaments starting in January, and that's okay. It's probably. What it should have been. We don't, I mean, the PGA Tour doesn't need to be having official events 10 months out of the year. Actually, right. it was more right. than that. Uh, it was 11 months out of it. They basically just took, you know, part of November and December off. Right. So they didn't need that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it was silly. Uh, and the longer the season, the more it enabled players to not be at the same events. We should have players at the same events. Right. Uh, okay. I, I get it. But, you know, in NASCAR, not that I watch NASCAR, uh, <laughs> but they're, all the drivers are at every race. Mm -hmm. Unless you're hurt or suspended, you're at every race. And there is something to that. I'm not saying these guys should play every event. Right. Uh, but and there are a lot be fewer NASCAR yeah. drivers, obviously, than there are professional yes. golfers. True. But isn't wasn't one of the... Bit, there are a lot of arguments against live golf, and I talk about yeah. most of them all the time. But that whole thing about no cut was something that, to those of us who are golf purists, for lack of a better term, that that never sat well with me. It's like, well, wait a second. So when this comes out and so many of these are no cut events – it just hit me wrong. It was like, wait, we we've oh. been fighting against this since Live Golf started. I think that's part of the problem that I'm having. Well, that's that's a big part of uh, I think the lack of respect for live live events. Yes, right. Yes. Um, and when and I've you know Jerry Fultz, and I've talked to Jerry, and I've talked to uh, other people who are ardent supporters of the live tour um mark lie on twitter who is a piece of work man uh, yeah that's... Uh, but i've known mark a long time we don't agree on a lot of things obviously yeah. but i've known mark a long time and they like to prop up just how great the live tour is and i'm like they should be getting points i agree they should be getting points but not in the current form right um right it's pretty simple they need either larger fields or they need a way to have a, a, a cut. Uh, and you just can't tell me that a 54 hole event, which is why they're called live right. Uh, 54 hole event with no cut and 48 players. You can't convince me that, 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 that series deserves 
world rankings points. Right, and right. even if they get them based on the size of the field and the format of the tournament, they would get very few very points. Few. It really wouldn't help that much. Right. You would have to win basically or challenge to win every week right. to, to make a significant impact mm -hmm. in the world rankings as is currently constituted. Right. Uh, and some of these elevated events won't have enormous numbers of points because the fields will be smaller. Right. And field size, size matters. Mm -hmm. That's what I was told several times, <laughs> uh, even growing up uh, and going to college. <laughs> All right. Told. Okay. Uh, I wanted to read you something. This is uh, in our friend Bob Harrigan in Sports Illustrated, mm -hmm. who's fantastic. I was reading over this again this morning, and this is, again, part of this confusion, I think, for me, because I'm basically dense. For example, the top 10 players from the FedEx Cup standings, not otherwise exempt through the Palm Beach tournament, formerly the Honda, will qualify okay. for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Another five will qualify from a separate points list known as the Swing Five, which, oh, will, like which, which will include just the Mexico Open and the Palm Beach event. That gets the field to 65 play. So I'm, I'm just making a point that I read that, I had no idea what they're talking about. This is part of the reason I'm having, oh, wait. So we now have signature events, and we now have a swing swing event, swing five, the swing five. I'm too old and you too dense. I, I guess, I guess. Maybe this is my, where my problem is. Maybe if I were 35 hearing about all this, it would make sense to me right away. I'm just, I'm yeah, not that guy. Yeah, they're playing like squirrel nut zippers on the, uh, on the range. Um, I think what they wanted to do there was give, you know, players who maybe otherwise weren't qualified for these events mm -hmm. an entry point uh, kind of to appease. If you are if you are a let's just use Joel Damon right. uh, as okay. as an example. I mean, he's not an exempt, not going to be an exempt player into these uh, elevated events. I don't think maybe he is. Um, but if Joel Damon has a great start to the season or and or or plays really well in these two events boom now joel dan is in so you got to give those guys a chance to elevate themselves right. even you know even before the season like the battlefield promotion on the corn ferry tour right where if you win three times boom you're okay. automatically up I, right. I, I think that's cool i don't mind that okay all right see this is why i wanted to talk to you because you make oh, cool. me feel better and then a half hour from now, I'll go, wait, what did Adam say? <laughs> this could be the time where we disagree. I don't know. <laughs> no, I actually understand what you mean. Um, it's just the whole thing is going to be really weird. Okay, before I let you go, what do you think of – I know Rory came out, I think, yesterday. They asked him how this would change basically his schedule going into next year with the new these new things. And he said it'll basically be the same, but he likes the idea of uh, there being an event right before the sandwiched in between the U.S. Open and I forget which ones there are. There are two major events that are sandwiched yeah. between two other tournaments. And when I saw that, my I could that was something that I had a hard time getting used to was that that fact, like before the U.S. Open. 
I think well, there's going to be a signature. Memorial before the U.S. Open. The Memorial. Okay. And they're right. all going to play in that. Maybe. Right. Wells Fargo right. is also before the U.S. Open. And then I believe between the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, not only do you have the Scottish Open, which, frankly, we're, I think we're maybe a year away from the PGA Tour just swallowing the DP World Tour right. and making it part of them. Right. Uh, I mean, Scottish Open should be an elevated event. It's an amazing field, it's and it's incredible. the week before the Open Championship. Right. Uh, and Rory's going to play in that, uh, as he did this year and won it. Um, so you've got Travelers and in Connecticut mm -hmm. and the Scottish before the Open Championship. Uh, yeah, you know, I think these guys, hey, look, it's not gonna i mean it's just golf right, right it's right it's, it, they're, they're not, not playing they're not playing so, a football game in between right. all the right so right. i think these these guys should be kind of conditioned to be playing a lot but once you get once you get into may mm -hmm. may june july man it is a it is a it's a grind yeah and you got to get through all that and these guys after the open there's no elevated events until you get to the tour championship, right? Until you get to the playoffs, mm -hmm. so that's why you I mean you didn't see Rory didn't play Rocket, didn't play right uh, 3M. He's not going to do that. He's not right. going to play those events. Let, let me just throw one thing uh, at you um, about what Jay Monahan did, however many months ago. Yeah, I was in. I was here at the station when they made the announcement, and I was floored by it. I, as I was we all were, right. How the how was the PGA Tour ever going to pay? And I had heard rumblings that they really were not doing a good job. I don't think it had a lot to do with the litigation. I think it had more to do with the fact that they could not sustain the elevated events through sponsorships. Right. That they were right. dipping into their own coffers to do it. But now the litigation mattered and also telling what was the company that was going to underwrite, that was actually going to sponsor Live. Right. Yeah. And he, the PGA Tour convinced them not to. To me, that's an antitrust violation walk in. Right. And I'm not a I'm not a lawyer. I went to Maryland for crying out loud. Yeah. I, um, I don't have I don't, to say anything. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that was to me, that was a red flag. And I have a hard time seeing Jay Monahan as nice a guy as he may be to the players. I have a hard time seeing Jay Monahan still as the PGA Tour commissioner even six months from now. Right. Um, I hope I, I hope that's he, true, by the way. I, I mean, I just think he's been in a bad spot mm -hmm. because you can't compete. You cannot compete with public investment fund money. They're right. worth seven hundred billion dollars. Right. They don't need to show a profit. They don't. Yeah. They don't need a return on investment. Right. At all. So I agree a hundred percent. Although I do think maybe a little more than you that the litigation had a big part to do in this because there were things on both sides they did not want to come out. Period. Well, so. Then maybe um, don't act that way. Yeah. But yeah, they were just going to be tied up. It was costing them a lot of money. Right. But I don't think they could. They, they couldn't sustain enough. Some of the purses is fine. Some of the some of the companies are probably okay with paying out the elevated purse. Right. Uh, but they were having to supplement that. Yeah. And I, I that was not sustainable over the long haul. And what if the public investment fund decided to double their purses? Right. Double. I mean, they just couldn't compete. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, I don't think it matters, um, enough players, which I don't blame them, mm. play golf for money. Really? Huh. Yeah, right. Huh. And that, so there aren't enough of the Rory's 
and ROMs of the world, and I'm not saying they're the only ones, but no. they've been the most vocal, right? Who play for legacy? Mm-hmm. Because honestly, if Liv continues and Cam Smith stays there, what is he doing? Not a single one of those events will matter that he wins right. on the live tour. Not one of them will matter. Right. So his entire legacy is only four times a year. And if he doesn't win another major, then Cameron Smith has thrown away a Hall of Fame career. Thrown it away. Agreed. Dustin Johnson's legacy was made. Brooks Kepka's legacy was right. made. Right. But I mean, to an extent, Garcia, Sergio Garcia's legacy was made. Mm-hmm. Ryder Cup, he won a Masters. Right. But Cam Smith, I mean, who's Taylor Gooch? Well, I mean, well, I don't care how many live events you win. <laughs> so that's that to me is I've never understood that. Yeah. But these guys also play for money, right. and that's uh, and that's it's fine. it's they it's their decision. The they could do. I mean, obviously, whatever they want. But I haven't and. Jerry Foltz is a good friend of mine. Keith Hirschland, who produces, is a very good friend of mine. And we've had discussions about this. And I've always said that I have no problem. The production of Live Golf is terrific. Awesome. It's terrific. I have the problem with Live Golf, period. And I I won't watch it, can't watch it. And uh, I have the problem with the guy who runs it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I think okay. I, I wrote a long time ago that this is not about anything other than Greg Greg Norman, who's uh, been trying exercising to do, right. a thirty year vendetta. Right, bingo. On the PGA. Bingo. All right. What it is. Uh, I could do this with you for hours, obviously. And uh, yes. if you would, I will talk to you. I, I would love to have you on my daily show. And you're on from noon to three every day. The noon Adam, to three. Yeah. Adam Gold. You can show. actually listen to it How? online. How? At wralsportsfan.com. And if you are so inclined to see this face, yeah, uh, yeah. you can even stream the uh, the video. Wow. And uh, oh. who knows? Who knows what I'll be doing? Oh. Uh, I might be doing, I make, I make funny faces. I know that. So Sean, Sean, he, did you hear what Adam just said? Okay. We got to talk. Uh, anyway, I want to have you on my daily show because we have a lot of other sports to talk about. And there truly is nobody I'd rather talk to more than you about this stuff. I love you, my brother. Mutual Society. Okay. I'll see you soon. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by French Lick Resort Casino. Welcome back. I always talk about how blessed I have been to be able to speak on my show with people from all over the world of golf. Uh, players and caddies and coaches and media personalities. I'm not sure I've ever looked forward more to speaking with someone uh, because she is just so unbelievably talented in what she does as I have been looking forward to speaking with Linda Harto. Um Well, I'll say hello to her, and then I will explain, even though she already knows this, I will explain why I said what I just said. Hello, Linda. Hello there. (laughs) Thank you for that wonderful introduction. (laughs) Oh, wait. I haven't even begun. Oh, my goodness. I'm just just telling you, you better better get ready, because here, people listening, 
This is what I'm talking about. Linda's the only artist ever commissioned by the United States Golf Association, the USGA, and the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews to do the annual paintings and prints for the U.S. Open and the British Open Championships. Uh, and I'll get more into everything where her her art uh, hangs in Augusta and all these places, but I'm going to tell you, Linda, looking at your paintings, and I have looked at many of them <laughs> recently. <laughs> Great. They are astounding. In wow. There's a reason why you're the person who was commissioned by the USGA and the RNA to do this. Um, it's such a pleasure for me to be able to speak with you. And here's where I want to start. Um, because I'll explain to people how they can see your incredible artwork. But I want to know right off the bat, how did you get started with this? What what was it about golf that obviously your talent as a painter is paramount, but where did the golf part of it come in? Well, I was a, a landscape painter primarily, uh, painting um, all kinds of subjects, and mm-hmm. I think uh, golf actually chose me ah. <laughs> ah. because uh, I was exhibiting um, my landscapes in the Hilton Head Gallery, and someone mm-hmm. from Augusta came and saw them, and then not long after that, the pros at Augusta asked me if I could paint a golf course. <laughs> I said, sure. <laughs> Landscape, yeah. Yeah, it's trees and grass and stuff, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I'd been around golf most of my life. My father was an avid golfer, but uh, basically, I looked at it as a discipline, and I already had a discipline of art, so mm-hmm. I didn't participate too much in it myself. But I've always appreciated it, and of course now I'm. I'm avid watcher. Yeah. Do you? That brings up an interesting point. When you watch golf, mm-hmm. can you watch it just for the golf, or are you looking at, for example, when they're uh, at oh I don't know Baltus Roll? Do you watch the golf, or do you look around at Baltus Roll and go, oh that would be interesting to paint? That's that's a good right oh, there. Oh yeah, good. I absolutely look at it that way. <laughs> But I also enjoy the game. I just like to watch people play it. I, yeah. It's just a fascinating, endlessly complicated game that's just incredible to watch people deal with it. Yeah. Um, now, your paintings are in the most famous places like Augusta, um, the collections, Pine Valley, mm-hmm. you're there. and. I don't know if you know this, but some pretty important people have your paintings in their collections of paintings. Have you? I, I don't know if you know this. Jack Nicholas has some yeah, of your paintings. Kind of aware of that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, to listen, uh, and because I've been reading a lot about you, and I should say right off the bat, my brother mm-hmm. Mitch sends his warmest regards to you. Well. Um, I appreciate that. It's, it's been I've known him a, a lot of years, 
Yeah. So he has yeah. he spoke to you for his podcasts and mm-hmm. as it's just another way for him to one up me. You know, when I I say, because he's my older brother, he's four minutes older, and when I say I'm going to speak with Linda Harto, he goes, oh, I I spoke with Linda, you know, I've known her for years. So he's always got to be that older brother to me. But uh, in looking at the comments from Jack Nicholas and Reese Jones, who I've had the the opportunity to to interview, what a wonderful man he is, but... Mm -hmm. The things they say about your paintings and in, in terms of um, it, it's like you're there. When I And I haven't seen, and I'm going to make it a point to somehow, to stand in front of one of your paintings. I mean, I've only been able to look at them on, on my computer, and I blow them up so I can really see it. Um, the things they say about it are just incredible how long does it take all right let's let's do this so mm-hmm. is there a hole at augusta that you tell us about one of the holes i think is it the 12th that that you've done i know you've done more than one uh, I've, <laughs> I've actually done 25 paintings <laughs> oh was that all <laughs> but, but a lot of them are the same hole <laughs> yes yeah i painted the 13th hole about five, six times, and 12th hole, about the same, and 11th, and, you know, uh, you know, I've been painting there since 1984, so I've covered a few of them. I I actually went for the first and only time I've been to Augusta with Mitchell and his wonderful wife, Ava, I think it was four or five years ago now, and actually seeing the the landscape of that golf course is absolutely incredible and to see a painting of say the 12th hole which i looked at last night mm-hmm. it's like you're standing there again um mm-hmm. how do you how do you approach doing say a particular painting of the 12th hole do you go and how long does it take you do you stand there do you work from a yeah. photograph or I work I work from photographs for yeah. sure yeah. Uh, but you know I spend a good bit of time at the course and I take a lot of photographs so I, I just try to recreate everything that I can every detail uh, and so when I'm back in the studio I have whatever piece I need yeah. you know uh, yeah. I'll, t- I'll do 300 millimeter blow-ups of every part of a scene (laughs) so you can really get into you know the leaves and every little tiny detail yeah yep and i'm just familiar with it anyway so you know but for a course i've never been to you know it takes some time to uh figure out uh which hole which what what lighting Mm you kind of have to live with the hole yeah yeah (laughs) Boy, and watch that's... the light change on it, and then pick the best parts that show up, the parts that you think are the most important. Mm-hmm. The, so. it, the whole thing is so fascinating to me. It's uh, One of the things about, say, Augusta, when you mm-hmm. walk around there is it seems like every blade of grass is perfect. I mean, every blade of grass (laughs) everywhere on that golf course. And so 
when you say you blow it up to millimeters to get, that's why your paintings are as incredible as they are. Because when you look at them, and I have, like I say, I haven't even seen a real one up close. Um, that's why they're so amazing. In the few minutes we have left, I want to ask you about something mm-hmm. else. Can you tell us about the Academy of Golf Art? Uh, yeah, that was uh, started in 2003. There was uh, a group of artists that were, at that time, meeting at a golf festival, art festival in mm-hmm. Pinehurst. And since we were all together, we decided, hey, we really ought to, <laughs> we, we ought to form an organization here because we'd all been independent up to then. And, yeah. And basically, that was what we did, and it was formed in order to um, just bring together artists, not necessarily artists that uh, maybe did even just one painting of golf. Maybe they're really well-known artists, really good, but they just wanted to paint golf, Mm -hmm. and it was a way of them having a forum to do that with through exhibitions and... um, then just bringing collectors together with the artists as well. It just it's, has a lot of a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, facets to it. Yeah, yeah. To to help the artists and to help people connect. Right. It's just it's a wonderful. I I've gotten so much out of just uh, googling like the Academy of Golf Art mm-hmm. and your paintings and all the work you've done. And um, as somebody, I used to be an artist when I was acting. I'm not sure I am anymore, but um, any person that is as immensely accomplished and talented as you are, I just, it means the world to me to talk with you. And I hope uh, we can talk again soon. And I am, I have a bucket list addition now is to see (laughs) your paintings as many of them as i can and yeah there's there's a lot on the website which yeah. is just tarto.com but, right uh and and we do have um an email sign up where and we run these uh, uh pick the winner contests pretty much throughout the tournament season where you can enter your uh oh boy choice and you can win a print oh so, boy okay yeah. I know what I'm going to be spending a lot of my time on now. And again, it's Harto, H-A-R-T-O-U-G-H dot com. And uh, I will keep reminding people throughout uh, my time doing shows about because it's so spectacular. Thank you so much, Linda. And uh, I'll speak with you soon, I hope. All right. Thank you so much. Take Take care. care. Okay. I am so lucky, I really am, that I get to do this every week. And the people that I've met and that I've gotten friendly with and just been able to hear their stories and talk with them, it's amazing. Thank you to Ryan French, Adam Gold, and Linda Harto for joining me this week. And, of course, thank you to our incredible partners uh, on this show, Commonwealth Credit Union, Georgetown Advantage Air, Gearheads of Nicholasville, French Lick Resort, Critter Control, Truly Nolan, Maple Leaf Roofing Systems, Wowing Central Kentucky, one roof at a time. And of course, Lexington Parks and Rec for our incredible public golf courses here 
in Lexington. Be back next Sunday, 8.03 tea time. Here we go. FedEx Cup playoffs. Have a great rest of your day. TSPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Lexington Parks and Recreation.